And so this morning, as you walk as servant leaders, Psalm 77 gets to be one of the defining marks of your servant leadership, that you would serve in the days of trouble. You saw it there in verse 1 to 3, didn't you? The psalmist says, verse 1, I cried unto God. He cries out in anguish. You know the category. It's a lament. Psalm 77 is a psalm of lament. If you want a definition for that cry, here's one. Lament is a form of praise and prayer with the intent of drawing close to God. Here you go. In times of great suffering or pain. I think an even better definition of what Psalm 77 is getting at is from Mark Vrograp. You know him. He's in your library. He's in your bookstore. He wrote a book on lament and says, lament is a prayer of pain that leads to trust. Lament is a wailing of the heart, ready, before a God who hears, listens, and who responds to our cries. The psalmist here in verse 77 is lamenting to God. He's crying out. And so lament drives us into the character, promises, actions, and purposes of God in the midst of your real pain and real suffering. And even more, in the midst of the people you serve. In your local congregation, as you teach a Bible study, or as you act as a deacon, or you serve as an elder, you're going to meet real people with real pains, and they vary in degrees, but in your servant leadership, you are going to have the, the sacred privilege of coming face to face with the people you serve in some of the deepest moments of pain they will ever walk in. And here's the question, how do we lead them? How do we serve them? And this morning is my prayer that you would be a man and a woman that says, I know, I, I know one place to go. Come with me to Psalm 77. Listen to the psalmist. Let's use the tool of lament in the midst of your pain. And so this is essential because you'll have many options at your disposal when you serve people. One, you can go to theological categories, and you should. Theology should drive you on how you should think about your pain and how others should think about their pain. On the other hand, you could err and fall into wallowing self-pity and a victim mentality. And you could just circle the drain of the offenses that have happened to you and have happened to others. You've seen that. You've been tempted to go there yourself, right? And lament comes along and says there's a better way in the day of trouble. And this is one key thing we get to lead as servant leaders. It's very common in any commentary you read on the Psalms of Lament. You see there in verse 1, I cried unto God with my voice, that laments take a repeatable pattern. There's generally four steps that you're going to see, and this would be helpful for us to know and for us to walk others through. In Psalm 77, you will see that first he turns. There, there is always in your pain a turn to God with an address out of pain. And then quickly, second, there's a complaint. They name it. You say, God, this is what's going on. This is my issue. I'm identifying a wrong, and I'm, I'm saying it to you. There is a turning. There is a complaint. And then almost always in the Psalms of Lament, there is an ask. God, would you do something? 
Would you move in light of this complaint? And then lastly, you will always see in the Psalms a turn of trust. The psalmist does not just leave it there in his complaint. He trusts in God. He claims his promises. He leans into God's father heart. And, and so as servant leaders, personally, and as we lead others in the times of trouble, that's a pattern. That's a pattern to be able to come to somebody and say, listen to Psalm 77. He's going to cry unto God with his voice. He's going to ask God to give ear unto me. He's going to turn. He's going to complain. He's going to ask. And then he's going to trust. And he's not going to do it in a light way. Look at the text. I want you to see very clearly how he does this. Begin with me in verse 4. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. It's bad. This is not just, just not having a good Thursday, not having a good Friday. It is a substantive moment in his life. Verse 5, I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. This is so bad, it's pressed me to remember the past. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart. In my spirit, may diligent search. This is not okay. I need to remember where I have been and what has happened. And then look at these six questions he asked before the face of the Father. Verse 7. Will the Lord cast off forever? Question 1. That's a question. And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promises fail forevermore? Those are four substantive, hard-time questions. And then look at verse 9. Hath God forgotten to be gracious to me? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? You have six questions there that are about as weighty as they get. In verse 8, that's his covenant love. Has he really brought that to an end? And so these are times of substantive trials and troubles for the psalmist. And what does he do with it? He goes right to the father and says, let's have this honest, brutal conversation. And look at the transition in verse 10. And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. He transitions. He leans into God and he begins to seek God. Verse 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Hear what he's doing? Okay, my situation is real. It is substantive. But you are more than this. I will let you speak a better word. Verse 12, I will meditate also on all thy work, and talk of thy doings. You see the different tone he's giving you? And then from verse 12 all the way to the end, he continues to press into the Lord, press into the Lord, press into the Lord. Thou hast, verse 15, with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. This pause. And so here, the psalmist in Psalm 77 is giving you the tool of lament for real situations in real life for the people of God. Now, what does this have to do with your present day-to-day servant leadership in the church, in your home, in whatever capacity you have? 
Well, think about it. The people you serve in the church, forget them a second. How about you? When times get this difficult, when the weight of life really bears down on you, where do you turn? Are you just instantly, you know what I do? I get on my knees, I lay my complaint before the Lord, and I trust in his promises. Well, praise God if that's where you start. I'm, I'm guessing that's not where your flesh begins. As you walk in the life of any local congregation, you're going to see very quickly that the flesh shows up in five other places before it shows up here. First, you're going to see the common response of complaint. When life is hard, you and I and others will acknowledge a matter of concern and we'll talk about it. We would love to just talk about all that's gone wrong against us. We will complain. That is one of the most common responses you will experience personally and in the church. Second, you're going to see outright whining. This will be a regular pattern of servant leadership in the church. People that are self-focused with a plea of immaturity. You know this, right? You have this within yourself. You want to whine in an immature way about your situations. Third, you'll see yourself turn to slander. I would rather have a self-focus lashing out against my pain than actually go to the Lord with it. I'd rather talk about the person causing my pain than the pain itself. Fourth, you're going to see as you lead in the church, downright worry. People who would rather just spin and spin and spin and spend tomorrow's capital today because I got nothing better to claim than to worry about their present situation. And fifth, and maybe most commonly, you and I and others will walk in outright grumbling. Remember your Old Testament? Remember the nation of Israel? What did God repeatedly condemn them about? They would grumble before the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 put it this way, we must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble. Exodus 16 verse 3 repeats that same song, God's people loved to grumble. And so the question as a servant leader, when you serve real, broken, sinful people, where and how will you lead them in their most difficult days? Because they're going to present to you all these other options. And you as a biblically minded, looking at Christ, servant leader with the Psalms instilled in your soul, are you going to be ready to say, there's a better way. There's a biblical pattern. I want to invite you into the pattern of lament. I want you to take, as I lead you towards Christ, your situations. And my sister in Christ, as we're sharing this Bible study together, I hear what you're saying. Can we go to Psalm 77? And what would it look like for you, my sister, to pick up this pattern versus complaint or worry or slander or gossip or grumbling? And so third, I want you to see from this psalm, I want you to value in your servant leadership the pattern of lament. I want this to grow in you as a key distinction of how you lead God's people. So for example, I want you to be mindful that there is an entire book called Lamentations. And his entire idea is that God's people would lament. Judah 
this unrepentant idolatry. And God looks at the Babylonians and says, bring judgment. You see Solomon's temple and all of its glory standing for 400 years. And it's leveled. Because God brings judgment on his people and they complain and they grumble. Lamentation is there to teach us something. Habakkuk lamented repeatedly over the judgment of Israel. Go back and find him. Listen to how he spoke and interacted with God in the deepest and darkest of times. Consider God your father. What did he do in Numbers 14 verse 11? But listen to these words. God declared, how long will these people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? What is God doing in Habakkuk in Numbers 14? He's lamenting publicly the disobedience of his people. The Psalms themselves, a third of them have an aspect of outright lament. One third of your Psalms say, take the horrific things, name them, and bring them to your father. Psalm 12 gives you a communal lament. Invite others, get together, do it together. Psalm 86 gives you a pinnacle of individual lament. This is what it sounds like to lament over your situation. Psalm 88 says this, darkness has become my only companion. Okay, so you're at your low. Somebody you're serving in the church is at their absolute low. I'm going to go ahead And I'm just going to lay it out there that Psalm 88 is going to be about one step below that. It's going to be the ultimate rock bottom. Darkness has become my only companion. So so there's no scenario of somebody you're leading and serving who can't respond to Psalm 88. Now, why is all of that in your Bible? Because your heavenly father knows us. He knows you and I and our sin. And what do we do? We don't want to turn to him. We want to turn to our own actions. Listen, last year, I remember a local pizza place in our community because we have no good pizza where we live. And so I had to drive about five minutes outside and they got our order wrong three times. I went there, picked it up, brought it home. It was wrong. I went back, picked it up, did not look, took it home. It was wrong. That's on me now. It's on me. I then went back, picked it up and looked and it was wrong again. I said, okay. And I took it home wrong. I then went home and wrote a scathing review on Google reviews. One star scathing review, got all my flesh out and hit sent. And it felt amazing to get that out there. It took one hour in the combination of my wife and the Holy Spirit. I was convicted to remove the review. I deleted it and I went out with my day. But hear me, I could not in my maturity handle the offense of a pizza order. How much more when substantive things in your life come your way, will you want to turn to whining and to gossip and to slander and to grumbling? And the psalmist and the laments are saying, don't, don't go the way of the flesh. Go the way of scripture. Go the way of lament. Listen, when you're slandered, when you're stolen from, when horrible injustices come against the people you serve, when a lady in your church who's running the nursery and you love her because she serves faithfully. 
comes out to you at 40 and says, the diagnosis came back, I have cancer, it's stage four. Why would God do this to me? Where are you going to go with her? Are you going to give a trite, I'm, I'm sorry, this is so hard? That, that, that doesn't level up to it's stage four, I have three kids, I know the end of this, where do you go? How do you lead somebody in these real tangible moments? When, when abuse is revealed in a family and someone learns that, that a, an uncle or a father has been abusing one of your church members sexually, what, what do you say to him? His life has been shattered. How do you, in a servant mindset, lead him to go somewhere that actually meets that level of need? And the, the scriptures are saying, here. You lament with him. You take this horrific reality and you lead them right there with them to God. And you name these things and you say them and you ask God why. And then right there with her, you lean into his promises and his faithfulness. And so a part of our servant leadership must be with a mindset towards there will be days of deep, substantive trouble for our people. What am I going to do in those moments? Samuel Rutherford would often talk about lament to his people. And Samuel would love to say in one letter he wrote directly to a church member, he said to her, I have seen the Lord weaning you from the very breast of this world. Samuel Rutherford had this category of lament, and he knew there were real trials in people's lives. And he said, dear sister in the church, I see how these horrific things are weaning you from the Lord and from the word, the world. And, and what you need to do, sister, is then go to lament. Samuel Rutherford made that an edge of his ministry. And so forth, I would want to press you this morning and say, okay, in your servant leadership, tangibly, how do you lead yourself and how will you lead others in lament? First, be a person who listens to someone lamenting. Make the Psalms of lament a regular part of your life. Learn the language. Listen to the language of lament. Be so familiar with Psalm 13 verse 1 that says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Listen to the words of Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Know the words of Psalm 77, verse 9. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Listen regularly to the complaints of God's people from the scriptures with the divine author of the Spirit guiding you to God and away from sin. Second, Begin now in your servant leadership to pray the laments back to God. T take a psalm of lament and actually pray it word for word back to God in your setting. And you know what's amazing? You know what it will do? It'll strengthen you. It'll help you to say, well, wait, wait a minute. That's, that's, really, that's really dramatic. That, that's really hard. My situation is actually not at that level. I might need to reconsider the depth of my lament because it's not that bad. It's not that much darkness. God will grow you. God will mature you as you pray the laments. Or learn to write them out. 
where you have struggle, where you have question, where you have anger, write out a fourfold lament to God. Turn to him. Complain to him. Ask him. Trust him. Write down one of his promises. Learn to write out and journal your laments. And then lastly, I would encourage you, be a person who prays the promises of God in light of your concerns. Allow God's promises and his nature from scripture to speak a better word than your complaint. And, and begin to build that practice in you and allow the spirit to lead you. Why? So that we might grow in holiness, but then that we would have already walked down a path to lead the people God is going to bring to us in this servant leadership life. That sister or that brother in the church who has, has not studied as far as you, has not, has not learned under people that you have learned under. To be able to say, dear sister, I, I hear your lament. Will you walk with me down a road a minute that I've learned to walk? And you know, as we walk this road, we will meet the Lord because he promises by his spirit to meet us in lament. And so this is a, a pattern we set in our lives as servant leaders. We know well how to turn and complain and to seek the Lord in righteousness. Because ultimately, what are we trying to do? Well, point five is that we're trying to have, be servant leaders who lead people in the difficult seasons to the suffering servant. Isaiah 53 verse 3 he was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief as one with whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Isn't that where we want the people that we lead? Do we not want to lead them to the ultimate servant, the Lord Jesus Christ, in their most difficult of moments? I mean, the Lord Jesus himself in Matthew 23 laments over Jerusalem. In Matthew 27, the Lord Jesus laments on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In all of this, what do we want to do? But we want to be servant leaders in the most difficult of moments who lead our people to the suffering servant. Did, did you see it in the Psalm in verse 10 and in verse 20? The hand of the Lord. All of this is about the presence and the hand of the Lord. Well, where is Jesus? But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him. What did he do? He endured the cross. He despised the shame and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In his presence is the presence of the father. And it came about through endurance and despising the shame. In your servant leadership, you are always leading people to the suffering servant, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is one of the distinct attributes and natures of Christian leaders. We lead people to Christ in all things. And hear me, the average member in your church is not going to have a theology or let alone a practice of lament. This is one area that you and I get to uniquely step in and say, let's go somewhere distinct. Let's go to the Psalms of lament. And so for you, for me, three action steps on servant leadership in times of trouble around lament. You're teaching a Bible study. You're leading as an elder, wherever God calls you. 
Three action steps. First, be mindful in the times of trouble of the tool of lament. And ready? The Lord's table. You're in a church. You're anticipating that your elders are going to call you to the Lord's table, whatever your practice may be. What would it look like in relationship with the people you are serving? When you hear their cries, when you hear their wounds, when you see the offenses that have happened against them, to say, my dear sister, I have heard you. I'm here with you. Would you bring that complaint to the Lord's Supper in two weeks when we participate as a family of faith? Would you hold that exact complaint that you have? And I want your sister to walk into our worship gathering that Sunday. And I want you to say, Psalm 13, as you look at the table up there, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? My dear sister, look at that table. Say it. Say it to that moment and to that table. And then second, look at that Lord's table and ask for help. Join Psalm 13, verse 3, and say, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep, lest the sleep of death, lest my enemy says I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Say that in front of the table. And then my dear sister, keep going in verses 5 and 6 of Psalm 13. And declare, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountiful with me. My sister, look at the table. How has he dealt with you? But bountiful and good. And yes, your situation is horrific. It's unbelievable. It's unspeakable. It's real. That table is real. And that table will speak a better word to this abuse, to this offense. Allow him in lament to speak to you at the table. Be a servant leader that brings your people to the servant leader, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the pinnacle of his humiliation and his service to us. We must reclaim the centrality of the Lord's Supper that it speaks a better word. So first, learn lament in the combination of the table. And second, be a man, be a woman that uses lament in the regular rhythms of your life. This is one of my greatest joys of the elders I get to serve under. Uh, These are godly men, and yet you would meet them. They are ordinary. They have regular jobs. There is nothing distinct about them if you met them that would stand out. And yet it has been a privilege for me. And at least once a month, I will see them after a service with a hand on somebody's shoulder and they're praying with them right there after the service. And I know what's happening. Somebody shared a complaint. It could have been this deep. It could have been this deep. And regardless of their depth, they see that little seed beginning to be sown, that discomfort, that dissatisfaction. And what are these brothers doing? They're saying we have a tool for this, but he doesn't know it. She has not reached that maturity yet, but I have. And so dear sister, dear brother-in-law, you've shared this complaint with me. Can I pray with you? As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it right now and here. I've been listening to you. I've heard your complaint about what's happened with your husband. I'm going to take you to the Lord. And I'm going to use language of Psalm 77. And I'm going to speak to your heart right now. I'm going to pray this with you. And I'm going to model for you what it means to lament, to grieve this reality before the face of the Lord in its honest brutality. 
And then as I pray, I'm going to lead you to the promises and the nature of God right here in this moment. That is a discipleship tool of servant leadership that you have at your disposal that can be used daily, daily with brothers and sisters in the life of the church to model for them what they don't know yet, the gift of lament. Put it into practice. Now be warned. You do it once, people are going to avoid you like the plague. They're going to be like, uh-oh, that's right. If I go to him, he's absolutely going to pray with me about this. And then he's going to get honest and brutal. And he's going to take it to the Lord. They might avoid you, but hear me. Oh, when they actually need you, what a precious grace of the Lord you will be to them in your servant leadership looking to Christ. You will be a precious and sweet balm to the people of God in your churches. And lastly, number three, in your servant leadership, treasure the practice of lament. Love it. Distinctly make this want to be a part of your servant leadership. It's fitting. We celebrated Reformation Day. So we got to have a Martin Luther quote. Listen to Martin Luther here on the idea of lament. Martin says this, what is the greatest thing in the Psalter? That's a statement. But this earnest speaking amidst the storm winds of every kind. Where do you find deeper, more sorrowful, more pitiful words of sadness than in the Psalms of Lamentation? There again you look into the heart of the saints as into death. Yes, as into hell itself. When they speak of fear and hope. They use such words that no painter could so depict for your fear or hope. And no Cicero of other order could so portray them. Ready? And that they speak these words to God and with God. This, I repeat, is the best thing of all. This give the words double earnestness and Life. What is Martin Luther saying? You want to bring somebody into the presence of God? Get them at the day of trouble. At the moment of their absolute weakness, that is where you can shine as a servant leader and say, I know what Satan wants to do here. I know what my flesh would want to do here. Brother, sister, let me lead you to the Psalms of Lament. Let me lead you into the very life and presence of the Father. So brothers and sisters, in the days of trouble, may your servant leadership distinctly display the suffering servant and the lament of the Holy Scriptures. May you display those to his people that they might draw near to him in their times of trouble. Let's pray. Father, we desire to be distinctly marked out by your word. And Father, that happens by your spirit who works within us. And so, Lord, as we lead in your church, we begin to acknowledge that that leadership is a gift of grace. It is a high and sacred calling, however it plays out. And it's not of our own merit. It is of your calling. And so, Lord, we pray that our servant leadership, yes, would be manifest in the days of joy and the highest of highs. But, Lord, would you find us ready in the lowest of days and the deepest of pits to be a gospel light of servant leadership for the good of your people and the praise of your name. Amen.